is warm out there and I'm just looking indeed at uh, another uh, IQ weather as well there yeah it's the air quality is fair today now we got a letter during the week and uh, John and I sat down and we read it and it came from a mother and the mother was representing her son and it's a letter that would bring tears to your eyes to be honest and the bones of the letter was that the mother in question was living in Galway City and her son is now 20 years of age and he is a wheelchair user and he's been looked after royally by the Irish Wheelchair Association. Uh, I have to say that in, in, at the outset. Uh, but she was allocated a house by Galway City Council and at the back of the house they were to build a new extension which would be his living space for him and him alone. And um, I spoke to the mother before coming on air today and the mother's name is Ruth and her son's name is uh, Joshua. And I spoke to her earlier this morning, but I asked her, why did she write to us? Hello, good morning to you. Um, I wrote to you with the hope that you'll be able to help us. We are at the moment waiting for an extension to be done on number 18 in Steve Berka. We've been allocated the house over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And as it stands, it hasn't been done. And Joshua is totally isolated. He lives in his bedroom. He comes home from IWA, the Irish Wheelchair Association, goes straight into his room. He's no independence. Very depressed, fed up, because he can't do anything. Our house isn't suitable for him anymore, and we're four years now with the corporation trying to get where we to get something which we did get, but now we're fighting with them to try to do the extension. So you're living now in Schlieburka, and where did you get the house, can I ask you? I got it in Schlieburka. I got a... Um, it's actually a three-bedroom, but it just has a big massive... same size house as the one I have, but it's got a massive back garden to where the extension can be built for Joshua. And obviously, the, so you've been allocated the house, but the facilities are mm -hmm. not there... Uh, for Joshua. Exactly. They were to do the extension for us last, well, they said July, August of last year, and the works weren't started. And nobody contacted us or let us know what was going on. So, yeah, we were just left limbo and, limbo and myself and Joshua then contacted them a couple of times before Christmas and we got no reply and then I contacted them last week and I did get a reply but it's the same thing. I'm still waiting. Stay with you if you don't mind. Joshua, good morning to you. Good morning to you too. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Life is tough currently for you. Very tough. Tell me what your day is like, please. Uh, very isolated. And I'm mostly in my room all the time. And do you get out to go to the Irish Wheelchair Association? Do you get out in the morning time? Yeah. So that's a, yeah. that's a little break from where you are in your room all the time? Yeah. And what time do you get back to your um, home at then? About half three-ish mostly. So half three and then you're there then until... You'll collect the following morning. Yep. What age are you now, Joshua? Twenty. 
So you should be footloose and fancy free and able to enjoy life. Yep. So what key message do you have this morning for local councillors that may be able to assist in this regard? Just try and help as best you can. Just, I don't, I don't want them feeling isolated all the time. And do you feel you're isolated now all the time? Yeah, I can't bring anybody over. I can't bring any of my friends over. It's a, it's a simple request that just needs to be actioned, to be quite honest. Yeah. And what would the new extension Joshua give you, can I ask you? My independence. So you'd be independent from mom then, would you? Yeah. And you could bring friends over? Yeah. And you could have a life? Yeah. Your mom mentioned your mental health. Is this really affecting you? Yes, quite severe, quite quite bad. Are you getting help for that? I was, at the, I was, but not, not now. And would you engage again and try and work through that? So that when yeah. the extension is created, which it will be eventually, uh, you can be ready to uh, enjoy life. Yeah. It's a hard story to listen to, so it is, um, Joshua. And um, Ruth, it's, it's, it's tough on Joshua, so it is. It's very tough on him. He's, it's, it's really not fair. I mean, he comes home from the IWA, like you said. He's home half three. It's straight into his room. And then if he's tired, he'll go into bed because his back hurts when he's in his chair for a long time. So he spends 99% of the time in his bedroom. And he has to toilet in his bedroom. And if I'm not well enough to shower him, I have to give him a bed bath. So everything's done in his bedroom. He's no dignity. He's no independence. He he just has no quality of life at the moment. And it's it's getting him down. And it's more so since, you know, since Christmas, he's just been kind of getting worse and worse. He's going to IWA mm. and he loves it but he's not enjoying himself anymore because he knows when he comes home that the only thing he's going to do is go back into bed. And he's making friends, can't bring them home because there's nowhere for them to socialise when they come back to the house. So he is getting very depressed. But as, and a, as a mom though, Ruth, I have to say, I mean, first off, I know the delay is, is, is woeful. We'll put a call in and see can we find out. But when your son has admitted to you and admitted to me today that he's got mental health issues, that's a huge worry for any parent to have to live with as well. So mm -hmm. I think I think this has to be taken in the round. And he deserves the respect oh, yeah. at 20 years of age. I mean, he needs a bit of space from mom and mom needs a bit of space from him, I would think, as well. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not right at 20 that mom has to bed bath him or assist him in a shower. I mean, he should be at yeah. 20 years of age be able to live independent of mom. I'm not, not saying anything about your Ruth, but he should be able I know. to. He should be I able know, to. I know, absolutely. I totally agree. He should be able to. And the idea with having his extension being done was for him to be able to go and come 
home from the IWA and make entrance into his own because they were building the extension with sliding doors so he would be able to make entry into his own place. And then if he wanted to be able to get something to eat, he could do that himself without having to rely on myself or his brother to be here to make sure he's home and he's safe. It's just, he's, he's, he's lost all, he's, he's, he's just sad all the time now. And he wants, he wanted me to put him in a home at Christmas. So that just tells you how depressed he is. He just thought if I put him into a home, then I wouldn't be sick and he wouldn't have to worry about me. And that's what my 20 year old son said to me. So it's, it's affecting your health then as well, Ruth? Yeah. No, I, I've, um, got severe asthma and I'm going out of hospital a lot and I've had pneumonia a few times over the last uh, couple of years and um, yeah, I was in ICU there in June last year and it's just taken its toll. Joshua, will you hang in there until we put some calls out and hopefully somebody that'll hear this this morning will, will react and come along and help us uh, from there. But will you hang in there please and don't don't even consider going to a home not at 20 years of age please. Okay. Will you hang in there, Joshua? Yep. Okay. He said okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I can hear him saying okay there. Uh, Ruth, yeah. um, we'll see what the local councillors can do, the housing department in Galway City Council, what they can do. And uh, mm-hmm. my one wish today is, Joshua, you hang in there. Get help for your mental health so that when the, mm-hmm. uh, so when the extension is built, you can wheel in past your mom, you can wave, you can lock the door behind her. Uh, behind yourself and just enjoy life from there. Uh, thank you both for joining us uh, today on the programme. That's Joshua and Ruth joining us there. What would you do in a situation like that? Galway Talks in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Hey, very good morning to you. Well, today's Connacht Tribune is chock-a-block, I have to say. And I'm um, joined on the line by Dave O'Connell, who joins me on uh, the line today. Dave, morning to you. Morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us uh, today. You have a lot of interesting court cases, but I'll talk first about <laughs> the interesting take on the front page on the whole issue of housing refugees. It's an insight, really and truly. Well, I think it is, and it kind of gets to the, the kernel of the problem, because, Keith, you know that it's the, it's the vacuum that's created by the half-truths and the evasive answers that leads to fears among communities that honestly I think would be allayed with a little bit more transparency on the part of the state but in essence the story was prompted by Councillor Shane Curley who outlines what happened in his case when as a, a public rep he sought answers amid rumours that the old Odis Hotel in Lockray was to be refurbished to house refugees. He was told no that's not the case by the Department of Children Equality Disability Integration and Youth by International Protection Accommodation Services and then by a senior county council official at a public meeting meeting in uh, County Hall. So armed with all of that, he clarified the situation uh, for the locals. There'd be no placement of refugees in Odis. And three days later, he had to eat his words because that is precisely what was happening. And that, he says, is what creates suspicion. Mm -hmm. And he says this as someone who is both pro-immigration and anti-racist. 
It's just his measured opinion on how this failure to communicate openly and fully leads to a suspicion that there's more at play than there actually is in reality. And I think it's a point very well made. It really and truly is. Um, your v- coverage as well is uh, strong this morning in relation to the weekend tragedy at Menlo Pier there. And I, I passed the church yesterday and yeah. um, around one to half one-ish and they were coming out and God, it was so sad. Yeah, and I'm I'm conscious as we speak that the, that There's they're gathering mass, to yeah. do exactly that again today, and, and you know a, a sad day that they could never have imagined. Um, but so that is obviously one aspect of it. It also comes with the plea from uh, the chief superintendent, Galway's chief superintendent, Jerry Roach, for people just to value safety above all else, because really it's been a bleak uh, few months on the road. Since last November, nine lives have been lost as a result of car accidents on Galway's roads and at least three more have suffered life-changing injuries. As Jerry Roach says, it's a terrible toll and for each of those whose lives are lost, there are so many others left to mourn the loss uh, of a loved one. And as I say, I'll say no more than that because I know that families are going through exactly that this morning and our hearts go out to them. Now, again, you've uh, two lovely pieces on two Connemara groups indeed with big birthdays uh, this year, the Connemara Pony Society and the team behind the Iron Islands Half Marathon as well. Yeah, the the Air Iron Half Marathon, it's, it marks its 24th staging in April. Uh, they missed out a little through uh, COVID, like everything else. But uh, Marie Mulroney, who's the, the grounds operation manager with Air Iron, she's been at, she's run in all 20 half marathons previously, and she's reflecting uh, on that as the event comes of age. On the other hand, the Connemara Pony Society celebrates its centenary, and Claire Silk, who's a leading member of the society, is looking back at the history that owes so much to a man called Michael O'Malley if you can just even think of this set off on foot from Rossmuck in June 2012 for Olympia in London one of the most prestigious equestrian events in the British calendar he was accompanied by his groom Joe Walsh a four-year-old grey stallion called Irish Dragoon and a six-year-old cream mare called Eileen Alana and they brought these as examples of the Connemara pony breed to show to the rest of the world and as they say from little acorns it's just a fascinating story of one man's vision and indeed the determination of so many others uh, since and that's why it's 100 years old this year Absolutely, I used to know Marie Mulroney when she was Marie Feeney all those years ago, God bless her so she's, well, she's still running Kate She's still running <laughs> and she's still running she de- definitely is Come here, st- uh, Sport is dominating, um, dominated by the footballers clash with Tyrone as well it is, and a win uh, vital now for Porridge Joyce's men if a league run is to be entertained. To be honest, if it's half as impressive as the last time they met in the league, we'll be laughing because you'll see from the scoreboard photo on the back page uh, from Toome Stadium uh, three years ago, great scoreline, Galway 225, Tyrone 12 points. I think we'd settle for something close to that again this weekend if we could get it. Absolutely. Now, what else have you? Because the paper's full. I'm looking, you have loads of photographs and court cases and my Cullen, GA were out and about and many others were out and about as well. Well, you said that my Cullen, GA, my God, if they had any more medals, they'd have to hire a second hotel to present them all. But they had their medal presentation uh, last weekend. As you mentioned, plenty of court. And as I keep saying, they're the pages you don't want to end up on. But uh, if you if you do the crime, you you uh, you must do the time or at least the headlines. Uh, there's a lovely story of seven-year-old Emily Brahel from uh, Peter 
as well, yeah, cut yeah. off her ponytail for the Laura Lynn Foundation. She's raised uh, nearly €4,000 as well as donating her hair. It's all in memory of her granny, Mary Fitzgerald. The pair were great friends before Mary died of cancer uh, almost two years ago now. Uh, back to Aaron as well. The footballers, they're pulling out all the stops to keep the flame alive out there and it is not easy. Uh, uh, Ross Narone's rap party uh, ahead of their 2000 episode on the eve of St. Patrick's Day and as you say, loads more in there as well, Keith. And there's a lovely pic there at that rap party of uh, Porik Balak as well. Uh, there, He looks very stately in the photographs you, you know I, it gives us all hope uh, given the way that we all remember Brannock going through the streets of Galway that someday we will all look stately because he is uh, uh, he is not our elder statesman by a long shot but he is he's, he just comes across as if you go back as I say to the start of the the arts festival himself and Ollie and all yeah. of those mad characters and they are now our, our uh, well kind of middle towards elder statesmen and we're all the better for them well, listen. Well done. He does look stately. Do you know? No, wouldn't wouldn't a term in the in the in the big house in Phoenix Park would be wouldn't be bad for Porrick, To be honest, would it? I, I mean, I think that it would turn uh, the Auras into the greatest party <laughs> venue uh, of all time. Uh, it would it would make Michael D seem uh, like Tame. as though he was in an in an enclosed order uh, for all of those years. They should let maybe a joint ticket himself and Ali going together, uh, and we would have it would bring us back to the glory days. Turn the Auras into Smokey Joe's and see how we get on after that. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Smokey Joe's, God, you're bringing back memories here. You really and truly are. David O'Connell, thank you for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. If you want to get in contact with us today, you can do so on 086 38 33 That's uh, 086-38-33-553. With thanks to the team in Rash- Rationale Windows, a wonderful bunch of people, and you can check them out at their local showroom from there. Now, a statement has been made by Sinn Féin, which is fairly well tongue-in-cheek, so it is. Governments, uh, the government cannot in one breath praise the economy and then say there aren't funds to support people. Uh, Deputy Maurice Farrell, uh, Sinn Féin TD for Galway West, uh, was uh, has spoken out in support of her party's motion put forward by the finance spokesperson, Pierce Doherty, that calls on the government to introduce a spring bonus for those relying on working age social welfare payments, including pensioners, people with disabilities, carers and lone parents. And she joins me on uh, the line today. Deputy Farrell, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. And I, I'm just, I'm aware that it's my first time on Goy Bay FM with yourself um, since the awful tragedy in Menlo. So I just want to, um, you know, give my sympathies to the family and friends. And of course, as everybody in Galway is, I think we're all thinking um, of them. They're all in our yeah. thoughts after the awful events at the weekend. I was coming in the head for Dodo St. Dave O'Connell a few minutes ago and uh, the funeral was just ending in, in, in the wow. church here and just the sense of grief and people going to their cars and crying and it's just, and they're they're going they're going through it again today. With uh, again, it's really tough on them. But uh, we we note indeed your comments, and I'm sure they will as well. Oh, the bells have started going off. The bells of Saint Andrew's. The bells. Have it's it's okay. It's a Shannon's bell. So it's apologies okay. if it's coming through strong. It's, it's okay. Listen, to make a statement like that is fairly rich. So it is spring bonus for those relying on work age, uh, social welfare payments, etc., uh, etc. Et and you're very. You're, you're, you're kind of very negative in relation to what the government have done so far. 
Well, look, I, I think the thing is, right, we all need to realise that we're in a crisis situation and, and I'm in no way saying, like, I'm very clear in, as to the fact that we've had the war in Ukraine and we've seen huge levels of increases in terms of the cost of living. We've had COVID. With inflation and that, and that people are really struggling. So I, I'm not suggesting that, you know, inflation is as a result of something that the government has done. But the reality is that we know that, um, you know, that, peop- that we've seen from Bernardo's, for example, you know, we saw the report from Bernardo's and they actually did a presentation in the doll about the amount of parents that are now actually unable to, you know, f- feed themselves because they're prioritising feeding um, their children because, you know, they, they have to go basically without meals as a result. Um, and, and this is something that, you know, is quite new in relation to to this. You know, it's becoming quite a much more realistic thing for so many people. And that the fact that there's a lot of people that are, you know, reducing their, they're reducing the portion size, for example, like that's now at, tw- you know, nearly 30%. They feel like that. A lot of people have feel that they just don't have enough food to even feed their children. That's nearly a twenty percent. So this is a very real reality for people. And I no, think something I- that was said at the um, presentation yesterday by Bernardo's is that it, it's not a case anymore about you know people being able to manage their money better or anything like that because people and anybody who's on you know such a low income and so little money coming in they can you know they can manage their money far better than than most people but the reality is that they're simply just getting having too little money coming in so we know the um impact that it has on a developmental level for children if if, you know if there isn't that you know the sufficient amount of food if they're going into school hungry and that kind of thing but also we now know that more and more children are aware of the um real struggles that their parents are facing so for example when it used to be maybe that um, children felt that they didn't have the same kind of lunches as people in their classrooms that really now it's a situation whereby you know children are aware that their parents aren't bringing them um you know on the food shop anymore because they know that you know children will always you know add a few extra bits and and the parents just simply can't afford it i take all that on board Maureen. said to be quite honest and my heart goes out to everybody but there are parties out there um, I mean, you've got the likes of St. Vincent de Paul, you've got Colt Galway, you've got Simon Galway. They know the intricacies of what's going on in Galway City and County. Um, all, all of those agencies and other agencies as well, including social workers and otherwise. But you, if you throw the kitchen sink at it the way you're talking and give it to everybody, how is the state, can we afford it? No, so it, it, it the spring bonus, for example, isn't it's for those people on it isn't just for everybody. It is for those people on, on fixed income. So we need to be realistic. You know that, the, that there's a lot of people that were um, already in you know in massive poverty, and they're just getting pushed further and and deeper into poverty. So what we have put forward um, is a particular package. So we know that the government obviously today are meeting. That's you know the they're meeting today in relation to what kind of cost of extra additional cost of living measures they're going to be bringing in and and more than likely that will probably be announced next week so we're aware of that but one of the criticisms that had come um to the, to the government previously was that the the issue whole issue of not having targeted supports so as a result of not having targeted supports you know sometimes it's not one size fits all um and sometimes you have to ensure that those people who are really struggling so one of the things that has been actually raised with me a huge amount Keith at the moment and I imagine it's the exact same for you as well that you're getting it told as well is the whole issue of the you know uh, 
the mortgages, those people in track of yeah. mortgages who, you know, see, have seen a massive increase. And, you know, you're talking about two, three grand extra year that people simply just don't have because, you know, people are on, you know, on their, you know, people aren't just going to be getting a two, three grand um, salary increase. You know, that that's not realistic no. for people. So what we had suggested was A, um, very clearly to assist those people on more those mortgages um, increasing that you would um, assist them with the difference in their mortgage not the full extent I think it's 30 percent of that so that's just assisting people to in some way when you know that they're really struggling for a limited period of time we're not talking about bringing something in and having a continuous basis or anything like that then you know the government recognizes the, the christmas bonus is something that realistically should really just be uh, it, it's a given really but usually it's always kind of comes in as a so-called surprise i suppose they say no, oh we're going to do a christmas yeah. bonus but yeah. there's a reflection and a, a understanding by government well wait a second we have the christmas bonus because we know that there's a certain cohort of people that really need um that additional support so that's people with disabilities um carers lone parent uh, families and all that kind of thing so you know we can see that that is that happens on a christmas basis well when we're in this crisis situation and we know how difficult people are having it then um uh, it just makes sense at this point to have a spring bonus now we're seeing soundings from government where it, it looks like they're going to be doing something in relation to that so we'll have to see but we do know that there are you know that there are a huge amount of people that are currently in poverty but no, we no, also I, know that there's a th I know I, I, I accept that but I mean I see where the Green Party I mean they're talking about giving uh, another 200 euro off the ESB bill and I mean that's a, that has a direct effect on families so it does uh, and, and gives them a lift of because electricity is so expensive but I see where the Green Party of course now, but the problem is they don't want example, that to happen the yeah it, it, that's what I heard as well um, from obviously just from, from media rather than directly from the Green Party themselves but I suppose the thing is with the 200 euro absolutely and I'd say a lot of people have felt that relief um, but for example, there's situations whereby, like, you know, obviously when something comes in initially and it's done as an emergency response, you can't always have honed out the exact level of detail to make sure that like, you know, the likes of um, holiday homes don't get it. But at the moment we have a situation where even holiday homes get that okay. um, 200 euros. So that's not the most, you know, to use a government phrase, like the not most prudent use of finances. Okay. <laughs> you know, I... if, you, if you have no, a situation no. where people who aren't living in the house are getting 200, I'm sure there's certain holiday homes where there's like, um, it's very much in credit, you know, yeah. um, at their, their bills. But at the same time we know that there's a huge that, amount of people who are really really struggling so look it's an extremely difficult time for people we know that the government are looking to bring in um some kind of um extra supports i do believe it's because we have very much been pushing that like this is something that Sinn Féin has been raising since um 20, 2021 realistically when we knew that the cost of living was rising that was September 2021 and I just feel like the government hasn't, haven't gotten a handle of on it and as a result people are really struggling okay. so I think but that's I, the can, core of the issue Can I not put it to you as well I mean there's HAP payments going out um, quite extensively and there's also people that are living in lo local authority um, stock of houses and they're paying rent on them but I mean, the simple way of doing this is in some way to reduce the rent that they're paying if they're under pressure or increase the HAP if they're under pressure because that process is there already and it's going directly to the families. Rather than this blanket of everybody that has a house in Ballykeneely, a holiday house in Ballykeneely or anywhere else in the country, uh, they're getting the 200 euro, 200 euro, 200 euro, 200 euro and they don't need it. If they've got a house in Ballykeneely, they don't need it. 
And if well, unless they're from Ballincanini, then they probably do. No, no, I'm saying <laughs> um, a holiday no, home. A holiday yeah, obviously, home, yeah. but I know what you mean. The, the, the holiday homes are putting yeah, pressure on the people that are actually the, from the area. Absolutely. Go back to the um, Saint Vincent de Paul. Go back to the HAP. Go back to the local authority. I mean, the local authorities are taking rent off people that are possibly the people we're talking about today. So go back and reduce that for a year even until they get back on their feet. Something. I mean, there's a solution to every flipping problem. You're in opposition. Mm. I'd say if they gave gold bars to every citizen in the country, Sinn Féin wouldn't be happy. So, but there has to be a solution. <laughs> I don't think that's the no, case. No, no, it is the to case. To be fair, um, oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that's the case because like, I mean, I, I'll come on and I'll, I'll say if I think the government has done something. Like, for example, I was on Ride Nagwilta yesterday about Colossal Lurgan. I think it's great that we now see that the, the funding has come in place for Colossal Lurgan. That's something that the um, local area have been campaigning for for a very, uh, very long time. So it's good to see that that's going to, and I think it will benefit um, the community. But, like, I, I do think... I, I, I do think that at this very moment in time, people are under extreme pressure and I just don't feel that what the government has done, to be honest, like uh, is is sufficient and that it's actually going to help people to the point that they need help. Like, I mean, if we look at last summer, right, we had been very clearly calling for a, a summer um, budget at that point, you know, and the government said, no, instead what we'll do is we'll bring in the budget earlier. So they brought in the budget, I think it was two weeks earlier, end of September rather than the middle of October. Mm. But at the, by the time of uh, this end of September, people had already gone through the real hardship of bringing kids no, back to school and all that kind of thing and colleges. So they, 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 what the measures that they brought in, say, in the budget just didn't really cut it at that point because they just waited far too long to give those supports. Just before I let you go, by the way, I mean, you, you gave Pascal Donoghue a hard time. I, I take back, if they gave them a half a, a gold bar, that you still wouldn't be happy. Okay, but going back to... Half a um, gold bar, did you say? Yeah, half a gold bar, yeah. But going back to um, Pascal Donoghue and all of that, that's opposition. I get politics and I actually enjoy looking at it. Uh, but then this unpaid bill that came for printing and all of that, that you said is regrettable and that... Oh, yeah. There's, there is, no, no, there is nobody perfect in this life, including Sinn Féin, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil. Keith Finnegan, Marie Farrell, we're not, none of us perfect. But, no, absolutely. But nobody, nobody is perfect, right? And like, just to be very clear, if, if there's a bill, it should be paid, right? Yeah. Um, like, that's just simple, that's just simple, wasn't. right? And simple and straightforward. But I'm absolutely, saying mistakes right? are made by now, people. Now, as you know, I'm public expenditure and reform, and within reform comes the whole issue of SIPO, right? And that is having public, for, because obviously those are acronyms and people are going, what the hell is SIPO? But like, the you know, this is about having standards in public life, right? Now, I, as um, as spokesperson on that public reform, but that SIPO bit, I've continuously brought out um, different types of legislation that I feel would strengthen the hand of SIPO. And this is what it comes down to. If we want people, like, you know, so many people, and I'm sure a load of people listening are saying, they don't trust any politicians. They think they're all the same and, you know, they just say what, what they need to say and all this kind of thing. Yeah. And there's a huge, you know, there's an erosion of public confidence in political life. So we need to make sure that SIPO, the body that has the power to actually, you know, investigate um, issues, if they feel that there's issues there, they should have the powers to go and investigate. They shouldn't have to wait, no. as we discussed that day, Keith, you or me to tell them that, um, you know, you to tell them that I did something wrong or me to tell them that you did something wrong. They should have the power to investigate the fact that they don't have that is out completely and utterly outrageous now i have a piece of legislation and i'm hoping to introduce it in the doll next week and i'm hoping to get government support on it because that's a simple thing that should be done but what we need to do is have clear transparency clear accountability but the accountability actually needs to 
have an independent body that can go and investigate breaches by politicians. It just has to be the case. All right. Um, Deputy Murray Farrell, thanks for joining us today. Somebody just texted in. They're obviously smart today. Keith, I'll take a chocolate bar, never mind a gold bar at this stage. Deputy Murray Farrell, thank you for joining us uh, today on the programme. Now, good news for train users, by the way, next. Galway Tolls, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Hey, very good morning to you. Now, good news for those people that use the train on an ongoing basis uh, because it was kind of couched as being a COVID, excuse me, a kind of a COVID situation, uh, but there's been absolutely no catering services on the trains. Uh, Dublin Galway or Galway Dublin indeed uh, for a long time. Let me go though to St. Raleigh Crow who joins you on the line because he had a meeting with Aaron Road Aaron uh, recently and has confirmed the return of catering carriages to their trains and it follows this productive meeting as well and he joins you on the line. Uh, Central Crow, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the uh, programme. How long has there been no catering on the train? Uh, for over 18 months now, Keith, uh, really since, I suppose, COVID and the pandemic, there's been no catering services on um, Aaron Road, Aaron routes. And I met with the Chief Executive, uh, Jim Mead, uh, along with my colleague, Eamon O'Keeve, uh, yesterday. And um, there's a number of questions and a number of Q&As. And I suppose, look, I'm delighted that he's confirmed to me that the catering service will return on a phased basis from the end of March, um, starting with the Dublin to Cork route, and then that's the busiest route in the country and then it will from then on it will uh, go across the country and I think it's it's very very welcome and can I ask you are they doing it in house is it going to be an Irish Rail or are they contracting people in to do it uh, they're contracting people in to do it uh, they have um, issued a third party company there that will carry out the service and you know uh, as a regular train user I believe that catering services are an essential part of train travel for commuters and for tourists alike. And I think I did a bit of research myself, Keith, and Ireland is currently the only country in Western Europe which doesn't provide catering services. And that, thankfully, that's coming to an end. And as I said, um, by the end of March, it will, oh, oh. It, will, it will return. And I think it's vital, you know, there's a, we need to promote public transport and make it more attractive, you know, when you say it's catering services, will there be alcohol sold uh, on this as well? Alcohol beverages? No, no, just the you know the, the catering trolley and the tea and coffee and and the, and the, and the so there'll be no the alcohol. There, once upon a time, there was alcohol sold on the train. Yeah, going back in the day, Keith, there was, but I suppose looking for 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 the betterment, and I think for for all the general public, I think it's it's welcome that the, as I said, the catering services and the trolley and the tea and coffee. Because if you look at it, a couple just a couple of brief points, Keith. You know, I think it, there's an onus on us to promote public transport. Like that has happened with the government, twenty percent reduction in the fares, for example, going to Dublin now roughly is around thirty to thirty-two euro return, which I think around the thirty euro is is very good value. And I also. You know, it's it's a, you know, there's people there, you know, the easiest way we can increase usage of public transport is by making, you know, irregular customers more often to use it and, you know, to be, for that to happen, you know, we we certainly uh, need to be providing the best experience possible and I also believe we need to ensure, you know, that, you know, giving tourists the best experience and 
every way obviously tourism is, is hugely important sector for, for mm. our country and it's a sector we've done well but, but, but we cannot take it for granted either and, and, and tourists have a reasonable expectation I think and, and commuters have a reasonable expectation you know being able to get you know a cup of tea and a cup of coffee if you look two and a half hours Galway to Dublin you know close to three hours from, from Dublin to Cork it's a significant journey and I think it's a reasonable expectation for a catering service to be okay but provided. I mean but I mean, to make this viable, um, people are going to have to use it. So we'll, we'll wait and see how that how, how that pans out. But also, what about increasing the level of services between uh, Galway and Dublin, Dublin and Galway, Athenoy and Galway, Ballinasloe and Galway, Gorton Galway, Ennis and Galway? What about that? I mean, uh, did that come up in any discussion at all? Absolutely, Keith, yeah, and I asked that question in relation to the um, enhanced capacity of the Galway-Dublin route. And in fairness to... Um, Jim Meads, the chief executive, was, was very helpful and had plenty of information. And he informed me that uh, Irish Rail will be adding carriages to trains uh, on the Galway and Dublin route in, in the weeks and months ahead, which will increase capacity. And I believe that's very welcome, you know, as many of the trains, you know, I certainly use them, you know, most weeks and, and either the car or the train, depending on, on time schedule. But I have taken, we'll say, the trains route over the last year. They've been packed and, you know, many people having to stand. So I think the in, in enhanced capacity, you know, will go a long way towards addressing that. And again, you know, I think it's important, you know, that the long-term aim here, Keith, is that, you know, everybody will have a seat on the train. Not, it's okay, like, I think myself personally, you know, short, you know, short routes, but like if you're going on a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour journey, naturally, state the obvious, everyone should have a seat. And I think it's it's very welcome, Keith. Could I just make a point in relation to the Ordmore uh, train station? Yeah. You know, there's works commencing there, which will, you know, uh, include a passing bay, a long loop. And, you know, for example, if, if, if one train is, is, is stationary, the other train will be able to pass. And I think that will help in relation to uh, increased time journey. Uh, it will also increase the frequency and it will reduce the times of the train and with the increased capacity that's coming on the Galway and Dublin train I think it will provide a much better service and you know it, it, it's shown on the figures we have there's an increase in the train in the train journeys and I think that will continue. And can I ask you just in relation to the services that you came on about to talk about and the increase in services I mean we're all talking about using more public transport public transport uh, but will these catering services be on the Limerick to, uh, to Galway train as well? Yeah well my after speaking um, with the officials Keith my understanding is that the, the, just to be absolutely clear is that the catering services um, will be the the trolleys and the catering services will absolutely be on the Galway to Dublin, the Galway to Cork, and depending then how you would say the footfall or how busy the trains are, that will be relevant to the service provided. But uh, like I, I have figures here, Keith, in relation to the uh, huge increase in in numbers in relation to the um, Galway Limerick service. You know, yeah, and, no, we spoke uh, about those before it, with you. Yeah, I mean the 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 numbers are yeah. there, but then it's discrimination if they're not getting the catering service. Because it's t- it oh, what, takes, an, and, takes and an hour and a half to come from Limerick to Galway, and, and again, if they don't get a cup of tea. Not that they have an entitlement to a cup of tea. If you go on the Go Bus or the CityLink up and down to Dublin, you don't get a cup of tea. Or if you bring your car to Dublin, you have to pull in to get your cup of tea. So it's not a God-given right, but it is nice, as you said, for tourists and others uh, to be in a position to, to uh, purchase 
uh, beverages like that. Absolutely, Keith. And I, I think the the increase in numbers, especially in the last quarter of 2022, on the Galway Limerick, on the Galway Dublin, is hugely significant. And naturally, the bigger the numbers, well then the catering services are being rolled out, but as I said, it's commencing with Dublin to Cork and then Galway to okay. Dublin thereafter. So I would be hoping that at the very least, you know, that, that the trolley service would, um, across the country, okay. be rolled out by the end of the year. That's according to the officials and according to Jim Mead, the chief executive of Irnrodairn. All right, um, Senator Crow, thank you for joining us uh, today. Keith, the water in the taps in Merview is brown this morning. Uh, what is going on with Irish water? Can you please find that out? Uh, can you, Keith, uh, can you find out uh, when is the Tribune going to be delivered to Port Dumbledore? I've sent that to David O'Connell for you. Uh, Keith, water in the taps in uh, Merview is brown today. Do you know why that is? Uh, the money they're wasting flying around the world, Keith, they couldn't give a damn. Everyone is suffering. I'll be voting Sinn Féin. They can't do any worse than the shower that we have had the last long number of years and uh, this uh, caller said and uh, Keith this uh, caller said I'm wondering what all those people um, and you've posted a question to me that we're actually working on it's to do with orthodontic and good morning Keith this uh, caller said and um, it's a comment in relation to the cost of living so what I'll do is I'll get to that in the next hour as I will and we also have coming up in the next hour great book by the way and it's from Dr Harry Barry and I, I went through it over the last couple of days. I had time to read, uh, but um, we will be uh, getting to it uh, quite quite shortly, uh, so we will. But we're going to head towards the 11 o'clock news with a bit of music, and we're going back to the 90s on this one. Do you remember it? Take that and back for good. You can nominate a piece of music, by the way, if you want to do so. You came back for good. To comments at That's comments at goldwaybfm.ie. And Ian got it right. He said, it's take that. Medal on the way, Ian. And nominate a bit of music yourself uh, for some morning uh, during the week to comments at galwaybfm.ie. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you.